Welcome to the LarryInFishers.com podcast. I'm Larry Lannon. This is a chance for local people or people with a local connection to sit down and talk about what is going on with them in the Fishers community. This is a part of my local Fishers Indiana News blog that began in January of 2012. I started these podcasts in 2016 and have been going ever since. Now, here's the latest edition of the LarryInFishers.com podcast. I'm at Fishers City Hall, and I am with L. Allwert and Elliot Holtgren. L. Allwert is the chair of the Fishers Armed Services Commission, and I've just been told it, is, it has its own acronym, FASC, F-A-S-C. Yes. Anybody in the military knows all about acronyms. And Elliot is also a member of this uh, esteemed group, the Fishers Armed Services Commissioner FASC. So, Elliot, welcome. Thank you very much. Glad, Glad to have you here. back on the podcast. Great. Both of you are veterans of my of my podcast. Uh, just a, as sort of a background, this Armed Services Commission has just been established. It is a new commission formed by the city of Fishers. Of course, Elliot's a, a deputy mayor, but there are 11 citizens appointed to this. Seven are appointed by the mayor, one by the one zone chamber of commerce. There are two appointees by the Hamilton Southeastern School Superintendent, and there's an appointee by the American Legion, the local post 470. So those, those are the people that make up the Fisher's Armed Services Commission, the FASC. Uh, so I'd like each of you to talk about how this commission came to be. Let me ask Elliot to start with that, since you are closely tied to the mayor himself. Yeah, absolutely. So formally, uh, it was adopted uh, about two months ago by the uh, Fisher City Council uh, in a 9-0 vote. Uh, and then we have had two meetings, uh, in which the first one we uh, nominated uh, L2B, our, our chairman, for the next uh, at least year, but uh, prior to that, uh, there was a number of conversations. Uh, Got to give a lot of credit uh, to the mayor, uh, to L, uh, to George Stavropoulos, uh, a veteran and a great member of our community, and to Councilman Brad Dreamer uh, for really dreaming up uh, what this group is uh, and then uh, scheming it and, and, and bringing it all together. Uh, so they did the, the, uh, the visioning, and then I brought it uh, uh, forward for a formal vote at our city council. So, Al, uh, anybody who's been to any veterans event in Fishers, you have been a part of just about all of them, all the ones that I have attended, and that's a lot of them the last few years. So how did the mayor get you involved in this commission? Well, I don't want to say it was a bait and switch. The mayor just said he'd like to go to lunch, and the next thing you know, uh, Ashley Elrod and Elliot are there with the mayor, and I know that there's something up over at Four Day Ray besides a good lunch and a beer. So uh, the mayor basically said his version of history that there have been a number of things that the city has done well uh, related to patriotism and ceremonies for the public and he wanted to present an opportunity to me uh, as an idea for my consideration and that was basically if we created this commission would I be willing to step up at that point and accept the opportunity to lead it to get it out of the chute uh, and um, I remember very distinctly asking Elliot and Ashley, I said, do you two know about this as well? And they both said yes, and I said, well, Mayor, looks to me like it's a uniform subject. I'm the odd man out, my answer is yes. 
I've been to those meetings, by the way, and beware if there are other people there. Yeah. Uh, you get I've to the mayor's table at Four Day Ray, something's up. <laughs> Could be any place. Four Day Ray is just a, a favorite place. Uh, Elliot, based on what I've read, the commission is um, charged with a number of things, basically ensuring that uh, the community of, of military veterans are a part of the city's fabric, the decisions that are made at the city level. There's certainly a number of ways where that could be done. So how do you envision this playing out? Yeah, Larry, you're absolutely right. And so we've done a lot of things uh, tremendously well, and I'm very proud of our patriotic community uh, and the things that we have done. Uh, the establishment of this FASC just guarantees that it lives beyond uh, Mayor mm. Fadness' administration and our current city council, and I certainly hope uh, the mayor's along around for a long, long time to come, but uh, this formalizes this and makes sure that patriotism, uh, respect for, admiration for, and support of our uh, military uh, service members uh, and veterans uh, is part of the fabric, the vibrancy of our community. And so there are a number of tactical things we can do, like our hometown Help for Heroes program, our Brick Pavers program, uh, or any of the number of stuff. If you walk around right now at our municipal complex, I think it's the most beautiful place uh, in the country, there are you know 500 American flags out there, and it looks fantastic. But it's also uh, the FAST is tasked with uh, helping develop policy and protocols and procedures mm -hmm. for the city of Fishers going forward for all things related to uh, the armed services. Right. So uh, should it be uh, a, uh, a a tragedy uh, related to our military? How should the city react to it? Uh, as our high school students consider. Uh, going off uh, uh, into service, how do we celebrate those folks? Uh, how do we wrap our arms around uh, those families and those service members that are currently deployed? And, and on and on, right? So how do we appropriately uh, establish those policies, procedures, and protocols uh, for our city going forward? And now as a person leading this uh, mm -hmm. endeavor now, uh, how do you envision this moving forward? Uh, step by step, very carefully, but with an absolutely exceptional spirit. We had our second formal meeting yesterday, and I opened up by saying that our spirit as a group of uh, citizens called together for a common purpose um, is very evident to me. But we now need to roll up our sleeves and get ready to work. And yesterday, uh, we had the opportunity to look at the uh, duties the responsibilities and the powers of the commission. And we had set this up before the meeting and now everybody on the commission is slated toward one of those items on our menu of identified things to do. Um, and we've also got the, there's an asterisk that says, and anything else we think of that's the creative spirit from all of us. And uh, just yesterday at the meeting, uh, one of the members, Jim White, um, he and I share membership in another organization together. And we were talking about honor flights um, that's not described by name in the document, but it's the type of thing that we can be aware of. And I think we want to be very careful to represent the segments of our society that the commission members represent and then bring ideas in and let's talk about it and up the game. People around Fishers certainly remember Jim White as the voice of HSE Transportation. Absolutely. Every time there was a delay or a school closing, because of weather, it was Jim's voice that went out on that uh, alert that went out. That's and, right. And well known as, as the uh, transportation chief for many years. He's retired from that job, but he's still active. He's on your commission. He's also on the police merit commission. So uh, Jim is, is very active in the community, although he has retired from that job that made him famous. He's also a re retired Air Force colonel. 
And we uh, talked about that on a podcast. He, I know he flew Air Force Two. two. I don't That's know if correct. he flew Air Force he was, One. He was the pilot. So he did, uh, and I think he he told the story of uh, of uh, piloting Dan Quayle and family, and he just wrote a note uh, back to the cabin that you've got a Hoosier flying the plane, and they all came right up to the cockpit immediately oh, yeah. and talked That's to awesome. him. That's awesome. It's a great cool. story. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, one important task is handling the many uh, veteran-related ceremonies the city puts on each year. Uh, there are a couple of them uh, coming up in May. We have Armed Forces Day in May, but also the one that's I think most people are familiar with would, would certainly be Memorial Day. Yes, sir. And Fishers has always put on a, a, a very impressive Memorial Day ceremony. I've been to many of them. Uh, I'm going to ask El to start. Uh, talk about your plans for those two occasions this year. Well, Armed Forces Day is on the calendar as an event that we want to be aware of, but we're not going to be conducting a public ceremony associated with it. Um, that may come in the future, um, but right now the focus for actual something that the public is going to see and participate in is Monday, May 30th at 10 a.m. We're going to have retired Brigadier General uh, Don Kennedy uh, be our guest speaker. Uh, I was just meeting with Dan this morning, Don this morning at his home, talking about his comments. He's just got so many experiences, and of course, the privilege of bringing a retired brigadier general to the public to be able to uh, help people understand what's going on. And I will just say this: one of the themes is why do people around the world in Europe remember Memorial Day so well, but Americans are so forgetful? Why is that? Well, that's one of the reasons why we conduct this ceremony to help at least the city of Fishers remember well. I think it's, uh, it, it certainly is something that impacts you when the war is fought on your own soil. Yes, or, sir. And your own continent. And uh, although we certainly sent plenty of soldiers there, yep. uh, when you have that experience, and that's passed down through generations, mm -hmm. you don't even necessarily have to have experienced it yourself. So... Elliot, as, we, as the city puts on these events, and Memorial Day will be the next next big one, uh, who all is involved in planning that, and how is the commission involved in that? Yeah, there are a number of folks. Uh, so uh, the Fisher's Armed Service Commission will certainly be uh, a big part of that, as we voted yesterday for the guest speaker. Uh, we've got the best MC in the country right next to me, and L uh, does a phenomenal <laughs> job. Uh, we've got our public safety color guard. They've done a, a tremendous job in the past. They'll continue to support that. Uh, that event. We've got our community engagement, public relations teams, uh, and parks and recreation that all uh, work to put on that event. And I, Larry, you've been around for a long time. You've probably attended those for a number of years. Uh, and they've grown in quantity and quality every single year. Uh, and I, I love it. I'm a participant uh, uh, in the crowd for that day. I bring my, my wife and kids and uh, my, uh, my, my family members show up. And it's it's just a tremendous event, uh, and it's fantastic to see how large it's gotten. Uh, and our guest speakers have always been tremendous, and, and Al just does a fantastic job. And so I'm really looking forward to it again this year. Yeah, someone who's been to a number of them over the past few years, it has grown from a very small crowd to a very large one. And so you are very, very clear about that. I want to stay with you for a second because uh, the commission's working on engaging with schools, the business community. Really, you've, you've got a wide net there. And I watched Elle at this meeting yesterday, watching it online. I couldn't attend. I had plenty of other meetings. I had to kind of work it in. But watching your meeting live online, Elle just kind of went down the, the line and, 
just waited until he had enough volunteers to, to get everybody involved in every little project. And there's a whole list of projects that uh, the commission is going to undertake, and, and each member of the commission has taken a number of those as kind of the, part of their responsibility. So talk about this uh, plan you have for engagement. I saw a lot about schools and business, but there's more to it than that. Sure, absolutely. We've got uh, three members on the commission uh, that will play key roles in this. We've got Eddie Rivers, uh, who is nominated from the One Zone Chamber of Commerce. He's been a longtime resident and business owner uh, and just a great patriot and human being. Uh, he was a part of that. He's a West Point grad. Uh, I won't hold that against him. Uh, we've also got... You could. Uh, a Navy, just uh, so yeah, you know, he's a, he's a Navy guy. We could do this. <laughs> Eddie would love it. But uh, we've also got uh, two nominations from Dr. Stokes. So uh, HSC school leadership is very supportive of the FASC. Uh, and so we've got uh, uh, an employee and a student of HSC schools who are also part of this. And so we're still trying to figure out, I think in our uh, early stages here, exactly what uh, that looks like and how we integrate uh, with the schools and with uh, the youth. But I think traditionally we've always thought uh, of the veteran or the active duty member uh, of the military service, but we really wanna make sure that it's the, it's the entire life cycle it's those folks that are contemplating entering into service. And how do we support? We're not uh, uh, there to, to recruit uh, by any sense of the means. We're there to support uh, and figure out how we can help those folks, whether they want to uh, go off to the service academy, a ROTC program, uh, or enlist directly. Uh, we want to figure out how this FASC uh, can, can be there for them. So when they go off to boot camp or, or wherever they go, they know that their city truly is supporting them. Because I've been a, a service member uh, deployed uh, far away, and I can tell you uh, without a doubt, I brag about Fishers to anyone willing to listen. Uh, I was a, a recipient of the Hometown Help for Heroes program uh, where I knew, you know, I was over in the Horn of Africa that my uh, driveway was getting plowed by my public works team mm -hmm. and my yard was getting mowed and, and I was being looked after, my, my house was being looked after, uh, and that meant the world to me. And that's just not, uh, it's not happening anywhere else. I wish it was. I, we, we're not trying to hold this idea close to our chest. We want everyone to, to rinse, wash, and repeat it, but it's just not happening yet. But uh, for those folks, long-winded answer here, that are contemplating entering military service, the FASC wants to be a part of helping those folks out. Mm -hmm. I think that's what we're trying to do here at the schools. And Al, I kid it a little bit, but uh, you went through that list asking for volunteers, and you only had to cajole a few people. Most people raised their hands and said, oh. hey, I'd like to help. Yeah, let's make sure that the cajoling part was minimized because everybody knew that they were going to be having the opportunity to raise their hand. And it was my hope that as a result of just going around the table, every item would be covered by at least one person. And in fact, every item was covered by at least two or three people. There's a good volunteer spirit. I want to compliment uh, uh, Elliot's uh, statement about the stuff that this, the character of Fisher's uh, is about with this commission. Let's not forget that last year at Memorial Day, we dedicated the Gold Star Family Memorial Monument. Um, just as Elliot spoke that if we have a, a junior high or a high school student who attends a ceremony and is singing a patriotic song and they talk to their parents and by the time they become a senior, they're thinking they want to go into the service or even go to college on a scholarship. We've got people on the commission who don't know how to help to make that work. But the biggest thing is let's pretend they serve and they serve honorably and they live. 
What happens for those who serve honorably and God forbid something happens? What do we do with those families? That's the other end of the spectrum. And that's what we want to make sure we don't miss out. This is the first anniversary of our Gold Star Family Memorial that was put together on a volunteer basis. The mayor was behind it. It was dedicated last year. And last year, Gold Star families attended. They're being re-invited to attend. And I will say this using your blog. If Gold Star families are listening, it's their prerogative to self-identify. We will have seats for them. We will be respectful of them. But we hope that they will remember that this ceremony, this day, is for them as well as those we honor. And you have totally anticipated my next question, which was exactly about that Gold Star Family Memorial. Mm-hmm. And when I uh, had, had you on a podcast before, we were using Zoom back, you know, when we really not yes, were doing much in person at that point, uh, talked about that. And, and I think one aspect of that I want you to talk about is just how the community came be, really did get hmm. behind that. Because I remember the first time I heard about that is when you got up and spoke at the community comment section of the city council meeting and talked about this project. And uh, the mayor chimed in and said, well, we're going to raise money, but if we run short, the city's going to make sure this gets done. So he was going to make sure yes, it sir. got done one way or the other. And I want to talk, talk about the community involvement you found when you were trying to, to raise the funds to get that memorial built. Well, the fundraising project and the attendance at the ceremony are two distinct functions. The fundraising was done at a grassroots level. Um, Again, Brad DeRemer and George Stavropoulos. I mean, these are two gentlemen who are poster children for things civic. And they represented this monument very well in the circles where they walked. Um, Fundraising, that monument has been paid for. It is done. It is now up to us to remember what it stands for and refresh it every year. And I believe that the opportunity for us to point to that monument again, because our ceremony will be right adjacent to it, and remind people that it's a standing symbol for sacrifice. And there are values of patriotism and sacrifice and homeland, things that we just breathe naturally in fishers, but there is a value that is represented by the the monument itself, and that is the cutout, the silhouette of the service member rendering a salute who is not there. We have to remember, because if we don't, they'll be forgotten. That will not happen in fishers. It's a very compelling memorial. If you haven't just taken some time to stand and look at it, you need to do that. And Elliot, this may sound like a a kind of a technical question, but... uh, the night before we record this, you briefed the uh, City Council Finance Committee on plans for a new city hall. Even though we've got a new city hall that's going to be constructed over the next couple of years, that monument is not going to, to move, is it? No, it's it's there, hmm. uh, absolutely. Uh, and it's, it's beautiful and it's in the right place. Uh, and it will be uh, right there, prominent, right in front of our, our new uh, city hall and arts municipal complex when we, we build that new, that new building. I will mention, last comment on that, uh, I think George Stavropoulos mentioned this yesterday, that as he drove in for our Fishers Armed Services Commission meeting, uh, he noticed uh, some fresh flowers, flowers laid uh, at the ground uh, of that monument. So it's just a nice testament uh, that, you know, we may not see folks out there all the time, but, but people are going out there. Opportunity to reflect, uh, think, spend some quiet time. Uh, and just appreciate uh, those Gold Star families. So it's a pretty cool, pretty cool moment. That's just somebody doing something on their own, right? It may be a family. It may be somebody honoring a family. The thing that we heard as that monument was being built is that many Gold Star family members 
cannot emotionally go by a gravesite yet because the grief is so strong. But they can sit out here quiet. And if you haven't seen it at night, it's an entirely different monument than it is during the day. And uh, for people who have not, the, I, I'm still compelled to talk about the first time I ever saw the Vietnam War Memorial in Washington, D.C. Yes, and just, this was one day, everything that was left at that memorial, I think they picked them up every day. Oh, yeah. And there's still flowers and mementos. and Just, it's amazing the things that people just do on their own, and even on a smaller scale here. By the way, I heard something in your commission meeting that... Uh, there's a traveling version of the Vietnam War Memorial. Is that a possibility here? It is. You heard correctly. Um, there is a traveling Vietnam War Memorial Wall. And um, this was raised by George, no surprise, um, because he's got a heart for this stuff. And we are going to investigate as a commission if the possibility arises for us to be able to bring that to Fisher's at some occasion next year, you know this thing is backlogged in terms of where it goes. But let's get our let's get our oar in the water, so to speak, and find out how to do it. And it's never been to Fishers, but it's going to be one of these days. And uh, I assume the city's all behind that. Absolutely, hundred yeah. um, percent. Larry, I, yes, go ahead. Be, before I, before I forget something, this monument is in Fishers, but this monument belongs to the Gold Star families of the United States. And it's here for anyone to come to visit, to come see. And there's one in downtown Indianapolis on the mall. Um, these monuments, Woody Woodward, Woody Williams, when he had this vision, he wanted to have a, a placement of these monuments across the country so, vet for, so Gold Star families anywhere could go anywhere and find one to find solace and peace. We just happen to be part of that network. You know, Al, you're one of the best storytellers I've ever seen. Thank you. And uh, I want you to uh, re once again tell a story you told at the April 13th meeting. You told a story about a Vietnam vet who had been coaxing to come to events. He didn't want to come, didn't want to yep. come. Finally got him to come to a, that recent Vietnam. Yes, indeed. I didn't, a friend I, named I, Jim. I wasn't able to go because I had a doctor's appointment that day, of all things. But uh, you told the story of what it was like for him to attend that uh, particular event. Talk yes, about sir. that. Uh, a friend named Jim uh, finally accepted an opportunity after a couple years of invitation to attend the ceremony. And literally, I berated him as a friend. I said, Jim, this is for you as a Vietnam vet. Allow it to be received. And that's, that's their prerogative. And he attended. And I was standing next to the mayor when Jim got his pin. And he had tears in his eyes. And when the ceremony was over, he said, El, can I have, no, excuse me, he said that while he was getting his pin, El, I have three or four more friends at Home Depot who I'd like to give pins to. Can I get the pins, please, and give them to him? I said, Jim, as good as you are, the answer is no. These pins are to be presented on behalf of the United States of America, and because Fishers is a partner with the National Commemoration, our pin presenter is the mayor who does it on behalf of our country. And I turned to the mayor and he said, Jim, make it happen, let's do it. So we ended up going over to Home Depot. And one gentleman who you heard me mention is let's just say a reluctant Vietnam War veteran. And he was not told by Jim what he was asked to come to the store where he works for, but he received his pin. 
And when it was over, his name is Jody. He said, this is the first time since I have returned home from the Vietnam War that I have associated the word honorable with my service. You know, and that is yeah. a tragedy. Yeah, well, and I, can, let me ask Elliot to talk about that because that's a very serious issue. I'm 70 years old. I remember the Vietnam War, but just barely missed going, you know, as, uh, just old enough for I was not called to go. But I do remember that people coming back from Vietnam, the service people, many of them I knew would not wear their uniforms in an airport, at a mm-hmm. shopping mall because people would harass them. They, would, they, they were mocked or they were belittled because of their service because the war became very unpopular. You know, the fact that the people in the military were blamed for the war when they were simply doing their duty, I think was the wrong tactic for people at that time. Well said. But that's, you know, but Elliot, talk about that. As somebody who's a veteran yourself and you still are a reservist, um, I mean, that was not... A, a, a proud moment in our history, no matter what you felt about the Vietnam War. Uh, but what El just talked about, I, I've met more than a few people who don't want to talk about their Vietnam experience for that reason. Yeah, absolutely. So I, uh, you know, I'm fortunate not to have experienced uh, that kind of uh, mistreatment uh, as a member of the military myself. I've certainly learned about it. I uh, was raised by my parents to uh, be gracious and thank uh, all members of our military, and so I, I carry that forward today. But uh, I don't know. I'm a member of the, you know, called the the IAV, the Iraq and Afghanistan Veterans uh, Era, uh, and so I've deployed to Iraq. Uh, most of my good friends have spent time in Iraq and Afghanistan as well. And uh, you know, there are similarities to uh, uh, the conflicts there and in, in Vietnam. Uh, but what's not similar is when we came back, we were treated with respect. Uh, in gratitude, and so uh, my heart uh, continues to go out uh, to those uh, those members of the Vietnam era, uh, and, and I just have nothing but respect and gratitude for what they did, but uh, I'm glad and I'm appreciative for our country uh, uh, to have uh, reflected on that, and I think we're doing the right thing now, uh, and I'm proud that Fishers is leading the way in that, and that we continue to uh, spend specific time and days honoring uh, that Vietnam era, for sure. Stay with you, Elliot, because the mayor, Mayor Scott Fadden, is here in Fishers, is not a military veteran himself, mm. but he has seemed to prioritize with the city honoring and helping veterans and, and their families. You've talked already about some of the programs already in place uh, that the city has done, many of them for several years, particularly just taking care of the yards and, and clearing snow for families who have members of the family who are deployed overseas or just away from home. So uh, obviously this is a priority for the mayor. Talk about that and where we may go from here on, on that. Yeah, it, it is. It's a, it's a part of his and it will remain so. Uh, patriotism and a respect for service, uh, both militarily uh, and, 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 uh, and locally and, and civically, uh, is just important to the fabric of a community. Uh, and he believes very much in that, just like we believe in the arts is very much a, a part of our community and should mm-hmm. be a part of it. We'll continue to promote those things. Uh, so that's not going anywhere. Uh, he's really uh, handed the keys over, so to speak, to mm-hmm. the FASC uh, mm-hmm. to identify what's next, right? To take what we have in place uh, and enhance it, uh, continue to grow it, and then to say, hey, what else should we be doing? So uh, I look forward to being a part of the group that, that comes up with the, the what next 
uh, to make sure that's impactful and meaningful going forward. And that's part of what you were doing uh, this last meeting, Al, was <laughs> yes, uh, passing, out, passing out those uh, priorities, giving people a, a chance to delve into particular areas of that. So your commission uh, does plan to bring to the mayor some additional ideas. Absolutely. He has charged us to do that. He's given us the access to do it. And... Um, it started to popcorn yesterday when we started hearing additional ideas when we have a platform to speak. Um, there's more coming. Let me just add something else about the mayor. For anyone who's had the opportunity to listen to the mayor speak at a patriotic ceremony. Uh, first off, he doesn't do it with a script. He reacts to the moment. And one of the things that he says is that in all the things that he does as mayor, he can talk about any subject, but he has no personal engagement with military service, except that he benefits from that service having been offered. And he's a dad, and he talks to his kids, and he says, I know that that's the sacrifice that those people made for people like me and my kids too. And when he adds that dimension, that is what every citizen of this city can feel that this is a sacrifice, it's a service by an inordinately small number of people for the benefit of an inordinately large number of people. And it's all volunteer. And they do it with their families. There's nothing heroic, but I will say that it is bedrock, service for others before self. Well, we're about out of time, so I do this in just about every podcast, give you either one of you or both of you a chance to maybe say something I didn't think to ask. Elliot, I'll start with you. Anything you want to add? Yeah, I'll just close it out with, uh, well, first off, thank you, Larry, for having us on. Uh, I appreciate this opportunity to speak about the FASC and, and what the city of Fishers is doing, uh, all things uh, regarding patriotism. But uh, I've said it before, you know, I, we're not uh, a military town in the sense that we don't have a port. Uh, we don't have, uh, you know, uh, an army base or an air force hangars uh, anywhere near. But I do believe this is a military town. Uh, it truly is. And the, the way that we uh, honor and respect uh, those uh, who have served, who are serving, uh, and now going forward, those who are contemplating service. Uh, and I'm just really excited uh, that this is now uh, officially going to be a part of the fabric of our community going forward. It's a formal thing in this commission, uh, and I'm excited to be a part of it. So, El, anything you want to say? I would say uh, reiterate the invitation for the public to engage the FASC with ideas. Um, we want to hear from the community that we serve. We do not hold all ideas. We are going to receive a lot of ideas and bring them to fruition. And it's my hope that uh, this Memorial Day will be a wonderful occasion for the city of Fishers to pay appropriate homage to those who have served and given their lives while wearing the uniforms of our country. That is something that all of us should be grateful for. El Albert, you just heard him. He is the chair. Elliot Hultgren is an appointee on the FASC, which stands for Fishers Armed Services Commission. Gentlemen, thank you very much for your time today. Thank, thank you. you. Sir. Thanks for listening to the LarryInFishers.com podcast. If you like the podcast, please let others know. You can find it on most platforms where you go for podcasts. Just search using this phrase, Podcasts by Larry Lannan, L-A-N-N-A-N. Also, if you listen on a platform such as iTunes, please take a moment, rate and comment on my podcast series. So thanks for listening, and please be safe and be kind. <music>